Welcome to Unabashed You, conversations to become who you already are. The focus at UY is to be who you are without apology, for you are one of a kind, without equal. Be encouraged as these conversations will help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Your companion to the whimsy and beauty of the human spirit, Rochelle Condi now. Listeners out there, if you'd like to send in a blessing or prayer for us to read on air like we do to wrap up each episode, we will do so with great delight. Email us at unabashedyou at gmail.com and we will make it happen. Jenna Kuderman is cool in every way possible. Her style, her warmth, her deep care for others. I imagine that's what drew me to her. She was on a lounge chair poolside in the shade with her husband, Brian. We soon got to know them and found we had similar thoughts about lots of things, including faith. What is true, noble, and right? Love as the full stop answer to all. And what is not? Anything that is not love or keeps people out because of who they are. It's hard to express the joy I feel when I see this woman. We met some years ago at a family camp. We started off through pleasantries and soon graduated to serious, big topics. I just love that and more about today's Believe Series guest, Jenna. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know. I'm excited to have you. And like we were talking about before we got on air, that it's like no time has gone by, no matter what, that connection is there and it's just going to be there. Is there anything you want the listeners to know about you to start? Um, Okay. So it's so interesting. These questions like make you pause and kind of think, you know, (laughs) so um, I guess kind of in a nutshell, um, I, I am from Riverside, um, which is the Inland Empire in Southern California. Um, I've lived here my whole life. Uh, uh, so that, you know, that shapes me. Uh, I am a Scorpio. I think that's very significant about who I am. Um, if anybody knows about um, the astrological signs, uh, I'm an Enneagram seven and with a wing of four. If anybody, if that means anything to anybody, um, I am a teacher. I definitely um, would identify myself as her. I'm a mother of three daughters, a sage Ari Fiona. I am the wife, Brian, for 27 years. And um, I guess I'm just kind of a, I'm an enthusiast. I enjoy, um, I enjoy inf- finding fun and wonder and excitement and uh, treasure in most everything. I just, I'm kind of a a seeker of uh, just little multifaceted hidden gems that you might not expect in certain places. You, You know what? I really like how well you know yourself. You know yourself really well. Everything that you described, I see in you. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, obviously, wife, mother, those are sort of given in that sense where you live. That's a given. But the words you use to describe, you know, enthusiast, fun, one, you know, the wonder seeker, all of that, that really, that really is you, the, the you I see. And, and I think that's probably one of the things that drew me to you uh, initially. 
Mm-hmm. Now you said a lot of great words, but if you had to pick three words right now today, what three words would you use to describe yourself? Oh gosh. Um, I would say inclusive. Um, it's, it's very important to me that people feel included when they're in my space. Yep. Um, fun or funny. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to be, I'm not funny, like comedian funny. Don't ever ask me to do stand up. Um, but <laughs> there does seem to be kind of a natural laughter that happens um, in my presence. And I would say scrappy. So Ooh. that word's used a lot to describe me. And I guess what I mean by that is I'm resourceful and I can like problem solve on a dime. And um, I don't know if we're allowed to use language in the sure. podcast. Yeah, sure. So I'm kind of a get shit done kind of girl, uh-huh. but not in a planning way. Like I don't see a challenge and I, you know, rise to it like, Whoa, but if something happens unexpectedly, then I can do it then. <laughs> yeah. But if I have to like think about it and worry about it. I'll get all kinds of stress and anxiety because I want to perform well. But if something happens on the fly, then I can I can arise to the occasion. So scrappy. Oh, I that is such a fun word. Nobody has used scrappy. That is just so wonderful. <laughs> really like that word. And inclusive, and then the fun, funny. Yes, 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 to all those. Two truths and a lie. You know how this goes? The three yes, things about you. And I printed it out so I could so I could just say it just right. Sure. Like I wanted to make sure I say it right. What I want I want to pull that up because I don't want to use my computer. Okay. Uh, no problem. Because it's gonna mess with the old inner webs. So let me pull this up. It shouldn't be shouldn't take too long. No problem. Okay, here we go. Okay. Read it correctly. Okay. I sat on a pair of old-fashioned barber scissors and required stitches in my bottom. I injured my lower lumbar, falling out of a tree, requiring chiropractic treatment. I stepped on hot coals and burned my foot while playing ring around the rosies. Oh, wow. I don't know why I kicked all of like... (laughs) I'm like hurting. real nurse office weenie there, like just a catalog of all of my injuries. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Stitches in the bottom from sitting on the, the barber scissors. And then you broke your, what'd you say? Your lumbar? Yeah. Injured, injured my lower lumbar oh, falling okay. out of a tree. Oh gosh. And then the last one, because I, I, I was so stuck on the first one in my brain that I, I couldn't. I the visual. Get, did you yes. get the visual on that? Yes, I did. And then um, the the third one, I stepped on hot coals oh. while playing ring around the rosy oh. around it like a tree. Oh my gosh, these are all awful. And so it's just hard to just <laughs> it's hard to decide that any one of them is not true. They all sound mm. horrible. Okay, stitches in the bottom that you. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm going to set that one aside. Injured, falling out of a tree. That seems pretty reasonable. Hot coals because kids can, you know, assuming that you were a kid when this happened, you know, kids kind of get unaware or whatever. I'm going to say that that first one, um, there's something about it. And of course, this is going to end up being true, but I'm still going to go with it anyway. That something about like, how does one sit on barber scissors? I don't know. I'm going with that one is the lie. Okay. Okay. That is, that is a truth. 
<laughs> and I can explain to you how it all went down. Yes, please. So, uh, no pun intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, back in the day, 70s, I had that one of those cool Barbie cases that you would latch and it looked like kind of a big cube, you know? Right. Okay. And um, I had friends over and didn't have enough chairs in my room. So I was using it to sit on. And inside the Barbie case, of course, I had these, I don't know why my parents allowed me to have these, <laughs> but they were these really vintagey, old fashioned um, barber scissors, but they were like, I mean, they were definitely as pointy as the tip oh, of this, gosh, like geez. really, really sharp. And I guess they were in that Barbie case up, up <gasps> and um, I was sitting <laughs> This oh. is the worst part. The Barbie case held my weight fine, but then I like laughed and jumped and kind of like collapsed down on the oh. case and it gave way. And then the scissors oh. just like, and the doctor said, if I had would have been, you know, one inch this way, I would have probably hurt my little Lily. And then if I had gone an inch the other way, I could have like, oh, paralyzed myself by you know getting a nerve or something so anyways I ended up I just did have to get a tetanus shot and stitches in my old derriere so oh my goodness (laughs) oh my gosh that is so traumatic I can't even imagine yeah it was well it was the 70s so it wasn't traumatic then I'm really surprised my parents even (laughs) took me to the doctors honestly Like we didn't go to the doctors ever. And uh, I'm surprised they didn't just put some, you know, Robitussin or Windex on it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That is is true. true. Okay. So did you fall out of a tree? I did not fall out of a tree. Oh, but you know, that sounds reasonable, right? Well, and the reason I put that one on there is because when I did finally go to work with the chiropractor, my my back was so messed up. He asked me if I fell out of a tree. He asked me if I fell out of a tree, and I was, what? Oh my god! Fall out of a tree? Okay, so that's how that one came. And then you, yeah. so you did tell us of the hot coal story, right? Right around the rosy. So we were at the um. There's a lake out here locally called Lake Paris. It's you know when we were when I was a kid, my family used to go there a lot. So when I was little, I was like five years old. And um, I guess there had been a troop of Girl Scouts nearby and they had done a hibachi or something like that. Well, when they left, apparently they spilt their coals, their hot coals out near the base of a tree. Well, we were all playing ring around the rosies around this tree at some point. And um, I stepped on the hot coals. So, yeah, I I did not go to the doctor for that, by the way. (laughs) My parents did not take me to the doctor for that. They took me to my grandmother who shoved my little foot into the um, spike of an aloe vera plant. And I just wore this little aloe vera spike on my foot like it was a shoe. (laughs) And did that work? I'm I'm assuming that the the aloe vera would really be... Yeah, I mean, it was very helpful. I don't remember if, I mean, I don't remember. I I guess they would have taken me had I made too much a fuss about it. But uh, yeah, I just thought that is so funny. You know, the way I parented 
<laughs> the way I parented and the way my parents parented. Yeah, so different. <laughs> right. That happens, right? And all three of yours, very sort of painful uh, <laughs> injuries, in, injuries. Yeah. But ironically, I've never broken a bone yet. Same. Um, so, yeah. Same. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yeah. All right, Jenna, what are your favorite movies of all time? Ah, this was so hard. This was so hard because, you know, um, I don't know. I feel like because I'm a child of the 80s, you know, I feel like media is so significant to what has shaped my life. Um, You know, we're the era of the VCR and the DVR and, you know, all this stuff, this rewatchability. So I would definitely say for for spiritual reasons, um, I kind of picked some that um, for me, I feel have marked a little bit of my spiritual journey. Okay. Um, And so those would be E.T., the extraterrestrial. Right. um, The color purple. Ironically, both Steven Spielberg movies, which you're you know, right. reflecting. Um, <laughs> Mask, um, the <gasps> the one about Rocky yes. Dennis. The one with Cher and yeah, Cher Eric and uh, Eric Soltz, right? Yep. Oh yep. my gosh. Um, I love that movie so much. Um, I'll cry just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sling Blade. I don't know. Oh, if you know that yes. Independent I, Wonder. Yes, I saw it. Yeah, I love that movie so much. And then um, Wally, um, the animated. Yes, film. got it. Yeah. Wow. I love those movies. I just think that they, um, I don't know, they, they somehow manage to tell a story of redemption and hope and, uh, um, you know, finding, um, a savior or, a a redeemer Mm -hmm. in an unexpected kind of place yes so um I just I really love that kind of story I think that I think that that narrative my heart is really drawn to but then I would say aesthetically like movies just for like visual um you know I'm drawn to them visually or artistically would be like movies by Wes Anderson I love like (laughs) Royal Tenenbaums and um I love just like the graininess of that film the just the 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 angular kind of feel of some of the set design and the patterns that you see in and the choices of wallpaper or clothing or you know I just really love that the uh look the look of those films and then Sophia Ford Coppola I really like the look of her films as well okay so I can watch her movies and and Wes Anderson's movies without even the movie on oh wow the sound on right because visually I just enjoy looking at it so wow I thank you for you know taking us on this wonderful little journey of of um, you know what what appeals to you visually and what has really drawn you spiritually to different movies and and I agree with you that movies can be you know very significant and we are actually 
and Abashid is going to do a whole movie series and I'm definitely going to have you back on. We're going to really oh, analyze some movies. Yeah, That's so I, love, fun. I love films so much. Yeah, so same, much. same, same. All right. Yeah. Name a woman, uh, not a woman, any person that inspires you. Well, ironically, I did pick women and um, they're not like famous people or anyone that you would yeah. know, like influencers or whatever. But I would say that and not maybe just women, but in my case, they happen to be women, people who can rebuild their lives after oh, a crisis. Yes. Um, so this whole kind of notion or um, idea of rebirth or resurrection or metamorphosis, like whatever right. language you want to use, I am totally turned on by right. stuff like that. So I would pick, um, I have some close friends, Coco and Adrian and Shannon, who have all gone through um, incredible loss and um, hardship, but you would never know it. Mm. Like they do not walk around as wounded people. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they are fighters, but not... um, brash or Mm. uh, off-putting or um, they just have this poise and grace about them. And I honestly think their pain and their loss and their well-processed grief um, has, they, they just illuminate possibility. Mm. (laughs) So, um, and then I would also say that about my mother, Katie and my aunt Kelly and my aunt, Laura Lee, like all of those women, mm-hmm. I feel specifically during, because of the time they grew up, they rose up um, in spite of misogyny and institutionalized um, sexism and, mm-hmm. and economic disadvantage and, um, you know, physical abuse and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Like they all encountered those things, sexual abuse. Um, mm-hmm. and they're all um, capable and uh, strong and leadership, um, you know, at the forefront of leadership and at the forefront of service, you know, they, Mm. they all have, um, I don't know, I would just say, uh, taken their power back. And mm-hmm. now they empower others. So, right. I was going to, yeah, I was going to tack on to that by saying they've really helped pave the way for, for us. And then, the, the, you know, those underneath, you, you know, yeah. our daughters. With, without a doubt. Like, I am yeah. so proud as a uh, mother of daughters um, to be able to point my girls, you know, I don't even have to point them to media, I don't have to point them to, you know, figures, um, in the community, like we have, we have fame and, um, renown, you know, mm-hmm. um, in our own family of, oh. of what is possible. So oh, that's so great. That's so great. And you've said a lot of wonderful things, but what piece of wisdom do you keep handy? And I'm sure there are a ton, but you know, yeah. one that you'd like to share with us today. Um, I think, One that I really kind of anchor onto, um, it's like a more modern take on um, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. Okay, good. um, It's uh, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? By um, (laughs) by St. RuPaul. Um, (laughs) So um, 
I love uh, RuPaul uh, closes every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race with with that, you know, gem. <laughs> if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? <laughs> so I really love that. <laughs> oh, that is good. That is really good. Oh, I like that. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah, you've got so many wonderful nuggets in here. And listener, that's, as you can tell, that's one of the reasons I, I love Jenna so much is we can have really meaningful, impactful conversations on the one hand, and then just be silly and goofy on the other hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are in a belief series right now. So uh, there are never wrong answers here on Unabashed You. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? And how does that show up in your life? Oh God. Okay. Well, I'm just going <laughs> to spill. I'm going to spill the tea on this one because, um, you know, you and I definitely, I would say, the genesis of our relationship is centric to faith and mm-hmm. belief, right? Like that is how we have connected, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we. I hope I'm not revealing too much about no. you by saying this, but. You know, we were involved in a a very evangelical type of culture, um, Mm -hmm. for sure. But so I'm just confessing to you and to God and others that um, (laughs) this is a real space in my life that I am struggling with right now. And, uh, you know, um, probably uh, maybe seven, eight years ago now, um, I kind of started transitioning out of um, church work. I, I did church work for about 10 to 12 years or something like that, and was deeply, deeply entrenched in what I would now call kind of the uh, economic systemic, um, I don't know, power broking system of what has become Southern California evangelicalism. I know it's very, I know it's very specific. So I know this is not everyone's experience of evangelicalism. Um, And so now that we're, now that I'm a little bit panned out and, and kind of out of that framework Mm -hmm. and um, that, yeah, I don't, I don't, well, I, I certainly know that I can, I could not toe kind of the party line um, for a little while there towards the end of my church work, which is probably why I got out of church work. I mean, um, but yeah, since then, I just, I feel like I'm a little bit in exile, right? Like I, I haven't found um, a place to land in terms of what is my faith community. Yes. Um, And that's for a couple reasons. Um, You know, I, I'm, I struggle with cynicism. I, I struggle with feeling safe. And um, I also just don't know what my mission statement is anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so um, it's just been, it's, I'm grateful. I don't want to sound um, bitter or um, like I'm, you know, I'm definitely not an atheist by any stretch. Like, 
but whatever and whatever this all is, whatever's happening out in the cosmos, you know, mm-hmm. I do believe there's an order to it. I believe there's a, a benevolence behind it. I believe, mm-hmm. um, I guess what I could say I believe in is love. You oh, know? yeah. So, Absolutely. but the nuances, right? Like, right. you know, I know what the right answers are for what I should believe as a Christian, quote unquote, Christian, right? I know the answer to what is sound doctrine, what is acceptable theology. I could even tell you if it comes from a Calvinistic theology or an Arminianist theology. I could tell you like that stuff, right? I got a lot of head knowledge about, you know, original Greek and original Hebrew and, you know, how the Bible was created and, a supposed historicity of the scripture and you know all of that stuff right um but i i don't know what i believe yeah i i (laughs) I, a lot of that you know what i'm right there with you i'm right there with you because i think listener it's it's really important that we all understand that like any group, there's a tremendous bell curve, right? You've Mm -hmm. got, you know, that you've got extremists on both sides and then lots and lots of middles. So I don't know about you, but I really resist sometimes. Well, I definitely, I, I like the name Christian for lots of different reasons, but I don't necessarily, I don't like a lot of the negative connotation it conjures up for a lot of people. Right. So, right. I, it's sad that that word has been so misused and abused to the point where sometimes I even hesitate identifying myself that way because I want to say, well, oh, I'm not one of those guys. Oh, yes. I'm not that. I'm not that. Yes. But I'll, I'll say, well, yes, I have faith. And so, yes. you know. And I'm still, and here's the thing. I feel like, you know, I began identifying as a Christian in 1991, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess that if I could hearken back to some of the old language that I used to use, that would be the day that I got saved, right? Which now I don't even like when people yes. use that kind of language, I cannot even deal with it. Right. Yes, <laughs> because, exactly. Because yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like I've known deity or God. Um, and, and I will say this, I, I definitely feel like I have a faith and some sort of creative intelligence, you know, mm-hmm. that orders all of this, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, but that being said, I, I also think that I could affirm, um, you know, certain points of, of science and evolution. Oh, like, yes. So in me, like those are not, um, uh, or they're, right. they're yes. both. You yes. know, I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, 
in thinking about preparing for a meeting with you today, I, I, the one thing that was glaringly um, evident was that I feel like a little bit of a, a walking paradox in a lot of the ways that I navigate life. Because, you know, I, I love faith and this notion of something bigger, loving, guiding, ordering the cosmos. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I really believe in the earth, you know, uh, changing and evolving and adapting and, and it taking a long, 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 long time, you know, like, right. Yeah, I see, I I see the creation um, narrative as not a literal type of thing. But I can read that in this ancient text, right? And I can appreciate it as poetry and a a story to help us understand right. that there's um, there's a, a loving intelligence behind right. how this all came to be. But you know, some people can't; they think they're mutually exclusive. It has to be either or for a lot of people. And I think yeah. there was a time in my life, and maybe you can relate to this, where maybe because I was younger, I I am the I'm an Enneagram one and five or actually one in eight equal parts. And then eight is the second one. They're all very close. Um, I like, I, I needed to have the right answers, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. sort of feel safe and in control perhaps because of mm-hmm. how I show up personality wise. I, I love when you said panning out a little bit, and we've been talking about that quite a bit in the show, how, you know, if you pan out and you get farther up, you realize it really is about love. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I'm so much more comfortable saying, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yes. I mean, it's and fun to ponder, but I don't know. That's kind of above my pay grade. Word. Yes, totally. <laughs> and I used to be terrified to say that before. And I'm sure it was because of the feedback I received. Because I'm not a one, but I as a firstborn, I do care about approval, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm certainly was drawn uh, to evangelicalism because at the time I came to it, I was feeling very out of control in okay. my life. You know, mm-hmm. I was an 18 year old kid. My parents were addicts. Um, I, I, I didn't have a lot of direction, but I knew I wanted a different life. So, but I don't know that I had the skill set at that time to exactly. kind of put me in proximity with different options. You know, if I just kept in kind of the framework of what generationally had been handed down to me, what I saw in front of me was really scary, you know? And so I needed somebody creating boundaries for me. And I, um, I wanted somebody offering me assurances because the lack of structure that I had in my home of origin, um, you know, there is some, there's definitely some good things about like letting your kids kind of figure things out for themselves and, 
you know, giving them freedom to make mistakes and all of those things. And I actually feel like that scrappiness that I have, that fun and lightheartedness that I have comes from just falling on my head enough (laughs) because of the way I was raised. Um, But at the same time, uh, be because of, you know, my curiosity, because of my like inclusivity and wanting to, um, wanting to be, uh, in community with the other or the, those that are maybe put on the fringe, you know, Mm -hmm, mm um, people that are put on the fringe, they, they have to cope with that outsideness oh, mm-hmm. by a lot of sometimes destructive behaviors because they have not felt accepted by culture. And when you deal with a lot of shame and feeling less than and feeling unchosen, you have to turn those feelings off. And that, you know, sends people down mental health spirals that right. lead to addiction and self-harming. And, you know, I saw myself easily aligning myself with that community mm-hmm. because I wanted to be with the people that, that were not chosen, you know? Right. So in, in that time, that would have been, you know, um, certainly queer people, you know, um, and, and I'm not saying, please don't hear me that I'm saying that if, if you are queer, that you struggle with addiction, that's not what I'm saying. But in the eighties, it was a different time. And we were going through the AIDS crisis and there was a lot of, lot of political rhetoric and ugliness about queer people. And it was being co-opted, you know, to fear monger. And then, you know, but I wanted to come alongside that fact right you have a heart a real heart for those that are um disenfranchised or however you want to frame it i, I just and that's something i really appreciate about you too well and, I, and and here's the ironic part about that this is what like now that i'm kind of out of evangelicalism i definitely think those values that ethos that ethos in me um that's Jesus to me. You yeah. Know? yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. And uh, sadly, and listener, we're going to get way more into this in, in future blogs and episodes. It is such a simple message, but it has been so distorted and used in ways that were not originally intended. So, and that's part of my issue with you know, evangelicalism, at least the way we see it here in America, et cetera. Um, have you been listening to Mike Curie's Voxology podcast? I have not been listening to anything. <laughs> okay. Well, listener, if this is a kind of conversation that interests you, the fact that Jen and I have um, definitely cycled out of some of those more rigid, you know, wall bearing sorts of spaces and, you know, panned out, like she said, and 
really simplified the message and live the message without, in fact, Mike said something the other day, my identity isn't in convincing you that you are wrong. Oh, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Well, it's ridiculous. Really? It was so, it was such a value though. Right. Like, because I mean, didn't you feel like if, if we weren't pointing out, you know, if we weren't loving, loving the sinner and hating the sin by, and, and loving the sinner meant you can be in relationship with me because I love you and God loves you. But that relationship means that I get to tell you Mm. that you're wrong and that you will potentially, um, if you don't change your ways, you will potentially um, mm-hmm. be forever separated from God's love mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. eternal, infinite, you know, conscious suffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm guessing we both, it's interesting because we haven't actually connected. It's been quite a while, you know, pre-COVID and all that. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like in our we've had extremely parallel journeys and that we're really arriving at the same place ish. You know, it's it's a big, wonderful space. It's not a tiny little space, but it sounds like we've ended up being uh, really aligned with with it being so much simpler. And I love that. I love I, I, it's yes. so freeing and it's so expansive. Yes. And, and again, it, it, I'm finding it meets one of my core values of being more inclusive. Yes, you know, absolutely. Because um, it makes, and so many of some of my favorite scriptures feel, cause I still, I still to this day love the scripture. Again, I'm not I'm not one of those people that believes that the Bible is inerrant or that it's like the literal breathed word of God. Like I don't subscribe to that theology, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I still really enjoy the Bible. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I would say I read it or listen to it. Audio version, probably of my week, like within 70% of my week, like I still have a very um, close relationship with it, but I don't, I, I just see it really differently. Right. You You don't see it as rigid. You see it as, I don't see it as literal. I don't see it as literal. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I see it as I see, I try to see it more as in the context in which it was um, created, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so when you hear these stories of like the children of Israel, you know, um, getting out of systemic slavery, right? And then they're telling these outlandish stories about their God, you know? Well, if of course, that's how they're telling the story. <laughs> they just, they're leaving an empire 
of, you know, subjugation and they need to have a God that's bigger than these Egyptian gods. You know, they need to have an ass kicking God that's going to deliver them. But does that literally mean that, you know, water parted and hey, if that happened, that's amazing. And I'm not saying <laughs> it can't because I I see crazy things happening in nature all the time. You know, it's just the way nature is. It's big. It wiped out New Orleans. It, you know, it yes. butterflies are coming out of cocoons. I mean, that is some crazy shit, right? Like <laughs> it's big, you know, so it's not that I'm denying that any of that can happen, but for me, it's not that important if it's actual literal yeah yeah you know I I I totally understand what you're saying and I just say now I don't know (laughs) I just get to say I don't know I don't I don't know but I tell you what um the idea that God whatever that means it's certainly not gendered it's certainly not uh, for some and others are out like I, for me um you know I guess like I'm just gonna God is love like God is love to right. me full stop right yeah God is love um it and how that you know I think one of your questions is how does that show up in my life um I I mean, it's kind of like golden rule. I hate to sound like so basic, but like golden rule, like I literally feel and believe only because in my short time on this earth, I feel like, you know, if you, if you uh, do unto others the way that you would like done to you, it yields it yields um, peace, right? Yes. You have short accounts on, um, you know, what you have to own, you know, what you have to take responsibility for. Um, it you you keep short accounts on shame. You keep um, short accounts on blame. Mm-hmm. You know, you you just, I don't know. I mean, just kind of like, you know, you reap what you sow, right? Like I, I love all this Bible language because it's the figurativeness of it paints the perfect picture. You know, Mm -hmm. if you, if you plant a peace seed, you're going to yield a peace harvest, right? If you, you know, if you plant a dumpster fire seed, you are going (laughs) to grow a dumpster fire, you know? And, and so <laughs> I, I just love that. And, and, and the thing is, it's like, I don't have to blame the devil or, or God, you know, I can keep them out of it um, because I have enough agency in my life, you know, and I can choose my shadow self or I can choose my light self. And, you know, I, I'd like to say that I don't choose my shadow self sometimes, um, and especially on the moon cycle, I could really, really lean in to my shadow self, right? 
and I can be super egocentric and just like this id ball rolling around and it's all about me and give me, give me, give me. I can do that. Like I'm really good at that. But guess what? (laughs) When I do that, then there's, there is a harvest from that. Yes. That brings complication into my life that I, that's uncomfortable enough for me not to want it. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But it's, it's been hard. (laughs) It's, it's only been hard in the sense that I, I have very, very rich, um, long relationships that I have, um, garnered through my time in evangelicalism. And, you know, a good handful of those people in my life are very, 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 very deeply entrenched in it still. Mm, And so I'm at the place in my life now where I'm trying to navigate with grace and poise, authenticity that makes me feel good, right? Because there's, I... I don't ever want to feel like I'm this two-faced, duplicitous kind of person, you know? Exactly. Um, So being honest about, you know, not pointing out like when they, when they talk with their Christianese or when they talk in those terms, not like saying, oh, I don't believe that anymore. Like I'm not, I don't need to do that. But if I'm confronted with, um, something I have to be honest enough to to own that yeah we we probably see that differently now that's a very wonderful grace-filled way to say it but I love you (laughs) You right 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 and to me I don't see us and I and I try to you know use language that I know that they'll understand like I don't see us as unequally yoked you know I see mm-hmm. us still yoked together because I feel like we're trying to accomplish the same things in life, you know, right, right. which is to, you know, I still believe I'm, I'm partnering with God to bring good to the earth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for whatever time and space I have, I am going to do my darndest, darndest to uh, make people feel loved and seen. Right. Absolute gosh. I, absolutely. Yes. I want yes. to be a, a change agent for um, what I would, would even say are the be attitudes, you know, um, for non non-versed people. What that basically means is, you know, that, you are seeking good and peace and kindness and um and fair equity equity for for people you know right right so yeah jenna wow what an incredible conversation i gosh it, it just one you're you're showing up completely as yourself you're being so authentic in your thoughts and feelings, you are 
willing to be transparent about all those things, regardless of agreement or non-agreement. And then you're also willing to be vulnerable in, in sharing it with us. Those are three things that I have discovered in the last few years that I simply cannot live without. Wait, can I, can I not live? Okay. I need those things. <laughs> I yes. wasn't sure yes. if I, I was need, saying that right. I need, I need those, those things. things. I need those things in the people that I choose to have in my life. I, it just has become painfully clear through different experiences that no, I, I need those things. Mm-hmm. If, 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 you know, you can show up with those things. Wonderful. And that doesn't mean we're in agreement. Sometimes we are, sometimes we're not. That's okay. That's, that's not the point. No, I don't want to be in an an echo chamber. Like that's the last thing that I want, you know, and, and I would say this, and I feel like the reason we're on parallel journeys, even though we're not in close proximity anymore is because what's happening in the world, right? right? Like, you know, there's social media now and we know way more than we ever have known. And, you know, we've had crazy political things happening. I mean, I feel like we are kind of in a space in terms of uh, cultural revolution that our country saw in the 60s. And I mean, in terms of like issues of race and issues of gender and issues of um, sexual revolution. I mean, like we're kind of in that space again, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, we're, people are going to respond to that, you know? Right. And for me, I wish, no, I don't, I don't wish it would be easier to just kind of stay in my lane that I had already had always stayed in and just kind of been quiet and not resisted right. the change, you know, cause I'll be honest with you in 1991, when I began to ascribe to evangelical thought, I still had no problem with, um, same-sex attraction or transgenderism. Like I knew and loved queer transgender people in in my life then and always have, right? Mm -hmm. It never was an issue. I didn't have to be honest or out about that, even in my evangelical circles until marriage equality. That was when all of that started to be confrontational in my life. You know, Mm -hmm. because I could not stand and say that in my mind, marriage was between one man and one woman for one lifetime, whatever the rhetoric was in my Mm -hmm. circle, you know, that is not my, that is not, I cannot affirm that. And so that's when I had to start being honest. Well, that's when things started getting real, you know. And then since then, you know, Trump election, pandemic, BLM, I mean, all of that stuff, right? Like we are being confronted with things now and we have to be honest about it now. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mm -hmm. maybe in the past, because we didn't have social media and we didn't have, um, you know, the same levels of exposure, um, Mm -hmm. we could be, we could stay quiet. 
Right. Well, and I don't think that's really your personality. I, I can't even begin to imagine you being quiet in a very respectful way. If you feel like what you're seeing or what's coming at you is not feeling fair or inclusive and, and inclusive, I think, you know, yes, we're speaking of, uh, sexuality, but I think we're also speaking of beyond that, just inclusive period, not, not, not saying it's inclusive for this group or that group. It's no, for all, for all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know you to be that. So I could see you really not being able, not wanting to, and just having that sort of stirring and angst and uh, inner conflict of I, 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 I cannot be quiet about this. I have to, you know, speak the truth and love as we say. Work. Yes. 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 Well, thank you, Jenna. This has been just, I think the beginning of conversations that we in the need to continue to have, you know, off, off screen, on screen, whatever. I, I just, I appreciate you so much. I value, um, the progression progression is one way. And I, I really have been liking this word expansive lately for me to describe mm. kind of how I'm um, going through life right now. And it just, it feels just expansive. It feels really warm. It feels comfortable. Mm. It feels full of light and mm. it, it almost feels physical. I mean, it's definitely emotional, psychological, yeah. spiritual. It's all those things, but on some level it feel, I feel it literally feel it. And you are somebody that I have always enjoyed having very real conversations with that, like no topic was taboo. It's like, no, let's talk about it. What do you think? What, here's what I think. Okay. Let's, you know, those, I, I need that. I want that. Yeah. Me, me too. I, I really do. Um, And I thank you for this opportunity. And I have to tell you, like, it's so impressive and um, exciting to me that you're, you've even ventured down this road. I I feel like, you know, sitting, sitting at the table and talking about like the different podcasts we were listening to back in the day. And it's, so I just think it's really fun that you're, you've ventured into this space. So good on you. Thank you. It's that quote from Anais Nain, however we say her name. Uh, and then, then the day came when the risk to remain tight in the bloom was greater than the risk that it took to blossom. Hallelujah. Yeah, yes. hallelujah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> Jenna, thank you for being you. I really appreciate it. And thank, thank you. you for being you, Rochelle. Love oh, you. Love you too. This is a longer episode because we went deep into these matters. Remember this, my identity is not in convincing others that they are wrong. This was said by Mike Erie, and I relate to it 100%. The conversation Jenna and I had will especially appeal to those who have struggled with feeling like the Christianity they were raised in or subscribed to is no longer the one you recognize. Maybe you've panned out and made your viewpoint bigger and bigger still. Or maybe you're curious about the progression of spirituality in yourself or in others. I didn't know Jen and I were on similar paths of deconstruction. 
until we had this conversation. I sure am glad we did. The Unabashed You website has a page for each guest filled with photos, quotes, and a blog with embedded audio at unabashedyou.com. You can find the show on other podcast platforms. Want to lend your support and encouragement? We invite you to subscribe, follow, rate, review, and share. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find us under Unabashed You. If you want to connect, the email is unabashedyou at gmail.com for questions, comments, and anything else. If you want to be part of our weekly emailing list highlighting the week's episode, give us a shout. We'd be happy to add you, and your info will never be shared. Website visits, social media, and word of mouth in sharing these episodes makes us discoverable, so thanks for your support there. We want these conversations to help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Be encouraged as you continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now our prayer, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And that is the serenity prayer. Now, go be unabashed. Be you. (laughs) 